Welcome back to On the Corner of Well and Why, where we discuss real estate for millennials interested in exploring what it takes to get themselves a piece of the pie. This week's episode, we have Becca Nugent from Dwell House. We talk all about creating the perfect home rather than expecting to find it. We discuss the psychology behind what creates a home and the emotional connection we have to that space. We touch on how and why staging a home makes such a huge impact on the return on investment as a buyer and a seller. We go over the changes 2020 has had on what home entails regarding the systems we need in place for having a multi-purpose slash multi-functional space. Lastly, we talk about the virtual world and how these services don't even necessarily need to be done in person anymore. Technology, am I right? Thank you, Becca, so much for being here. I'm psyched to share this conversation with you guys. It was such an enjoyable one. I hope that you learned something from this. You can take something from it. Explore her Instagram and the beauty of it. And uh, enjoy. Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to hear about your work over at the Dwell House But I did some research on you and your business, and your website states that your mission is, I quote, we believe good design in real estate has the power to create an emotional connection between people and spaces. We strive to create design that moves you. And I absolutely adore this because I personally relate to how important it is to set my home up in a way that feels like a warm grandma-like hug with a hot cup of cocoa on a chilly day. But I wanted to have you on here because it is extremely helpful to have a crew like yours come in and design a staged home to sell if it's either vacant or needs a little love. However, I really wanted to touch on how through your experience in this industry, you've witnessed firsthand the magic that happens when a house turns into a home. I'm so excited to talk about your expertise in staging homes and relate it to creating the perfect home rather than expecting to find it. I'm sure you've seen plenty of houses that people aren't willing to buy. Then you guys come in, turn it around into a seriously desired home after you and your team touch it with your magic. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm honored to be a part of your podcast. And I did my research on you too. And you have an awesome history with the spiritual aspect of your life, but then also bringing it to real estate. And I think it's a great Mary of the two. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think so too. I like it a lot. (laughs) Um, So I saw you recently had a wreath making class and that looked amazing. It was so awesome. So Last night, and we do this annually, and um, last night we did a wreath-making class, and it was in one of our designer's garage, or her converted barns. So she has this most beautiful property. It's on 10 acres. It's surrounded by cows and chickens and all sorts of animals, and she has this magical barn that truly a week ago had tractors in it, had cows in it, had feed in it, and then we converted it into a maker space, really. That is so, so cool. Yeah, it looked amazing in there and so beautiful. So all of that being said, what is Dwell House and who exactly do you serve? So perfect example, last night at our wreath-making class, we had this cutest girl come, a huge group of millennials, like I would say between 20s and maybe late 30s. And this girl, we've been communicating via social media. I found her on social media. I follow her probably for the last like couple years, she has a business that's called Forever Films. Her husband does um, all sorts of visual editing and videography in Novum Visuals. It's a commercial videography business. 
And I met her last night in person. We were talking and she just told me that she is the buyer of one of our listings that we just recently renovated. No way. So it was awesome to be able to pick her brain and ask her what attracted her to the house, why she chose that one out of all of their home searches, and really kind of understand really the psychology behind what creates a home and why somebody creates that purchase and chooses that home. Um, She told me that they were actually the backup offer to this house. And if you would have seen this house probably like two months ago, it would not have been their first choice ever because even though they're very creative people, I don't think they would have been able to see past some of the flaws that the house had in it. And um, it was very loved, but it was also very lived in. And so when you're coming from a house with four kids, homeschooled kids, a smaller space, it's going to show its love. And sometimes people can't see past the like dirty hands and the fingerprints and all the things that come with a well-loved home. So um, my team and I came in to the process probably about a couple months ago. The brokers reached out to us and they said that, you know, we need some help. We want to consult to find out what you would do to this house and get your eyes on it. And I went there. First off, it's always paint for me. I feel like paint is a huge change that you can make either when you're staging a home to move or when you're trying to create a space in your own house that feels warm and inviting. So if you're trying to get that hug and you're trying to get that, create that atmosphere that you're really striving for, paint, wallpaper, those create coziness right off the bat. And if one color doesn't speak to you, that's going to also change your emotional connection to that space. I had a room years ago that was really dark gray. And we in Oregon get a lot of gray skies and really moody um, fog. Today we have a lot of fog. And so that was just like kind of making me feel very um, dim in that space and not great. And immediately when we painted it, it changed the whole emotional connection that I had to my master bedroom or my primary suite. Um, so this family, so I got to sit and talk to her and ask her, you know, how long have you been house hunting for? What's your, what was your budget and all of the things. And she said that she saw the before pictures and she would have never chose that house just because she likes the visual. She's stimulated by, um, by things that excite her and that create joy. And so that was that she felt that when she walked in the door, even down to the smells, down to the carpet cleaning, down to all of the details that we kind of take very personally. That's amazing. This is such cool timing to be talking to you about that. Yeah, right? I was blown away that she came up to me and she goes, we're the new owners. They close December 10th. So they close next week. And it was so exciting for me to be able to kind of see the end buyer because that's something that we don't always get to be a part of as stagers. Yeah. We have to be working with the realtors, sometimes working with the homeowners. But on the flip side, it's not often that we get to be, we get to see why, what was the why behind it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense to me because I know even as an agent and not the one doing the shopping, but doing the shopping with other people's money, (laughs) um, I feel similarly, you know, I send them things because it has the amenities or the room size or the room numbers or spaces that they want and need, but not necessarily, it's not going, I know that with certain buyers, it's not going to be easy for them to envision what they could do with the space. So that's just so awesome that you were able to come in and do that for this family. 
Absolutely. And we try and take into all the marketing criteria into account when we're thinking about who's going to buy the house. We look at the specs and we look at all that like amenities. We look at the location. We look at the yard size. So we almost bring a psychological factor and marketing play, um, so to speak, into the process. So we really are identifying our like ideal buyer up front so that we know who we are targeting because sometimes the furniture is going to be different. Um, a lot of times right now we find that our higher end buyer is, is typically living in our area is typically somebody coming from California, perhaps like a third or fourth home buyer. They are either downsizing or they're um, close to retirement age and they are looking for an entirely different product than our younger, hipper um, millennials that are coming in and, and seeing something on Instagram and honestly making decisions based off of social media. Yeah. Such a heavy, you know, measurement of our life, which is just kind of insane and sad because there's so much we can create. So, you know, aside from what's already there and it's just so hard for people to envision, but we know what we like when we see it. Right. Your point. Right. We know what we like when we see it and that emotional connection. I mean, it comes down to, I feel like that connection is made by smells. It's made by a feeling and that feeling is can be a little bit manufactured, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, stores have been doing it since the day we were, you know, shopping around Hollister. (laughs) Right. And I mean, truly, like now they have a ventilation system that comes through and it has even in model homes that have, um, they have essential oils coming through the whole entire ventilation system to give you a feel. So you're walking into a master bedroom And let's say it's more masculine. It has like almost a scent of musk or something that's a little different than a female smell. It's, it's pretty crazy how that plays into your psyche. Yeah. That's so interesting. Cool. Well, so out of curiosity, is your business in sync and just as cyclical as the real estate industry or no, because you have other design services, not quite related to buying or selling a home? Yeah. So that's a really good question. And we were noticing that a lot this summer, we are very cyclical. So for instance, this summer, our market was extremely hot. There was not a house. Everything had backup offers. There was not a house sitting on the market for longer than a week. If so, there was something wrong with it. Every house was going for above asking multiple bidding wars, all cash. So for our business, we were seeing a huge lull. Nobody needed home staging when things are so competitive. So at that point, we invested in hiring new two new designers, and they are interior designers by trade, and offering different services than what we were offering before. We pivoted just a little bit. Um, in the past, we've done real estate with staging, and I'm a realtor. I've been a broker in three different states for 13 years, but I really didn't want to focus on that real estate side. I wanted to partner with realtors. I wanted them to feel like I was safe and that I wasn't going to go ahead and try and poach their clients. And that safety net was really, really important for me. And so we created these welcome baskets for realtors. Every single house you sell, you're going to get your clients something, right? And sometimes that process comes at a time when you're heading to a closing and you have all these other things that you're doing. And it just is so much all at once. And so we tried to create like something, a service that realtors would actually be able to use, call on us, know that we could like deliver this basket for their clients right before closing. That's adorable and so thoughtful. So fun. So I love that. Wow. Neat. Yeah. And it's also brilliant to pivot when you have to pivot and that's a successful 
business. So good for you guys. Right. I feel like that's the key part of staying alive right now is being able to kind of figure out where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, and kind of capitalize on the parts of your business that are working. And honestly, it's like any kind of real estate market. If you have, you always have a combination market, right? When the rental rental housing market is really strong, typically the purchase market isn't as strong and it kind of cycles one versus another. And I think that that um, mix, that marketing mix is really key to staying successful. Yeah. I, I kind of wish that were the case here, but unfortunately the rental market is just as crazy. Is it really? Okay. So yeah. I don't know if it's because, because we're a, you know, a short-term vacation uh, spot or something, yeah, but even, even, yeah, that's its own thing, right? Yeah. But even annual rentals are, it's nuts. It's and nuts. they're all requiring like a 700 minimum credit score and people oh, are like, gosh. yeah, yeah. pretty much could buy a home at that, at that qualification. It, exactly. Yeah. So also quoted from your website, it brilliantly says, Walking into a beautifully staged home is a breath of fresh air compared to cluttered homes, which leave buyers feeling intrusive, or completely empty homes, which can be overwhelming or uninspiring. Give your buyers a reason to fall in love with the house without dropping the price. And this is so spot on because as a real estate agent, it's really tough for some people, like we said before, to envision a living space, for example, if it's not done with intention, let alone vacant. So why is interior decor such a game changer in real estate from your perspective? I mean, is it just kind of what we touched on with the buyer that you'd met last night? It's just, it creates that sense of connection in regards to what they know they like from Instagram. Right. Um, Well, it's so fascinating because, you know, years ago, New York City, big cities were doing staging. This was just always part of the package. And typically it's interior designers. They have loads of experience and they are just specializing in this market, this, you know, one piece of the market. And we saw in big cities. And then when we lived in Phoenix, when the housing market crashed in 2007, we saw a need to compete against all of the short sales and foreclosures. These houses are empty, but they also are selling for dirt cheap. So how do you shift the market to still create a demand for something that's complete, like a product that looks like more move and ready that, you know, we call move and ready all the time, but truly something that's different than the foreclosure down the street that's selling for a hundred thousand. So I feel like we started to see that shift in different markets and smaller markets because of the different product that you're able to offer. So when a house is staged and it feels warm and cozy and you have like really good style and good design and you're using the space optimally, then you as a buyer are kind of moved. You're moved to be able to create that purchase, you know, to really like put in that offer different than a house that's empty that might be cheaper, but then also requires some elbow grace. And you kind of see all the flaws and see all the things that you need to do when you get in there. And that is intimidating for a lot of buyers. Yeah. And I guess a lot of it has to do with, it's a smaller barrier of entry because if you can already envision this house as a home with other people's things in it, imagine your stuff in it, you can do that so much easier. Right. And um, typically we try and do a price list that is included with the house, especially if it's staging furniture that we are okay to like be able to repurchase. We do a price list. So if somebody loves that feeling of that couch and in that coffee table and the whole entire way it's set up, then they can then purchase it. That is my dog. I'm so sorry. Um, And they can purchase it and um, 
then that just creates one less step for them to do in a world that's so busy. Yeah. I love that. That makes sense. When moving into a new home, would you suggest getting super crafty with colors on the walls, for example, or kitchen cabinets, backsplashes, or from your standpoint, do you think it's wise to keep things neutral in regards to upgrading kitchens and bathrooms and play around with color in other ways like carpets, throw blankets, pillows, artwork, and kitchen appliances like tea kettles, pots and pans, and that kind of stuff? You know, I guess I'm thinking about resale more so, but like in that way, what would you think? Yeah. So it's tricky because it depends on your, um, what thing you're targeting. If you are in it for the resale and it's the investment that you're making. And let's say I flip a lot of houses. So for a house flipper, you are staying pretty dang neutral with all of your finishes. The only thing that you might play around with and you might get creative with is, you know, cabinet colors are now popular to have it different colors and maybe an Island or maybe some kind of um, accent color just to stand out in the photos. Um, funky backsplashes are actually a huge trend right now. So that's okay to kind of infuse some personality in it and not make it too neutral. You want it to stand out enough so people remember, remember the house with this, remember the house with this. If you're living in it and it's your permanent house or your at least um, semi-permanent house, I don't think it's a bad idea to have color. If that's your personality and you came from my dad loved South American colors. I mean, he loves yellow and oranges and really bright colors. So in his house, that sparks joy. And that's what makes him feel homey. And I would never suggest anything else because that's his personality. But it's a different thing. Like when you're looking at investment potential and you're looking at your personal taste, I think they're two different things. For instance, this last house that we sold, uh, the homeowners were like very disappointed that we were telling them that they needed to paint their purple walls and their turquoise walls. And for them, it felt so personal. They felt like we were attacking them. Oh, we don't like their style and their choice. And that felt hard for them to kind of, this is our house. This is where we've raised our kids. This is personal to us. And we were saying, we want you to change it. And the tricky thing about that is when you are staging it or you're hiring a consultant, you are asking them, give us the feedback that the masses would choose. And you're really trying to appeal to the most number of buyers. And that's your only goal. So my goal isn't to like make somebody feel good about their house choices. My goal at that point is to get their house sold for the most highest return on their investment. And to be honest, to go home with the most amount of money in their pocket. Because at that point, it switches from a home to an investment. Right. That's a hard flip for some sellers too. It is. It's really hard, especially when it, a lot of it's personalized and it's their touch on it. You're, you're telling them, yeah, your touch is great for you, but it's not great for this other person. Right. Yeah. Wow. Aww. What would you recommend being a few of the most important yet maybe simple steps a new homeowner can take to start transforming a blank canvas into a cozy sanctuary? Okay. So a few steps. I would say personalization so when you're doing it into your own house, you want to bring in your personal photos. I would recommend getting them professionally framed. Pick the ones that are your favorite and create a gallery wall or something that sparks your joy and makes you feel like these are the things that tell my story. Put them together, group them in a way that makes you feel like you're entering your house and it feels like, okay, now I'm home. I can take off my coat and it feels like it. 
I love rugs. I think they warm up the house so much. Rugs and layers, uh, you know, get the throw blankets, get the pillows from home goods. You might switch them out in six months, but just kind of bring in that coziness. If you have shelves, make sure that you decorate the shelves, make sure that you add layer and texture to those, because I feel like that is a huge opportunity to kind of bring your personality into your space. Love that. Did you watch that Netflix show, Studio McGee? Is that what it is? I love her. Yes. Yeah. I'm from Salt Lake City and she literally lives right down the street from my sister. Um, I might stalk her at times <laughs> too, but when I was designing my house, um, we were, we were designing, doing a full house renovation in 2018. And without a doubt, every Pinterest board, everything I would pin what her name's on every, how in the world does she have this many projects in this good of taste? And she <laughs> just has that like coziness factor. She has, she has it all. And even her and her husband are darling. Their kids are cute. They just, um, they're very talented, very talented. Yeah. I was very, very into that show. <laughs> <laughs> right. And just seeing their like cohesiveness and their chemistry back and forth. They're, they're very sweet. And I love how she changes spaces. It was really magical, just the touch that she brings into things that you would never think. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely talented. Yeah. And that's, what's so beneficial about having people like you come in because you have that professional outlook on things. And a lot of us just don't, we have our personal styles and we have what we like and we don't like, but sometimes I, even for myself, it's hard to envision. I, when I moved into my place, it's a one bedroom apartment. So it's like everything in the one room and then this little hallway behind me to put the, to the bedroom and bathroom. So this, this room that I'm in is like my office, studio, (laughs) kitchen, dining room, living room, all of it. And I had it set up in, in the one way I can envision it Mm -hmm. from when I moved in. And then one of my good friends, who's really good at kind of like just, you know, one morning we were, we were morning accountability buddies for a while during the pandemic. And she had me go around my entire place, measure everything. She wrote it down and she like recreated my whole space for me. And it was like, you just opened up my entire world. And it's all stuff that I already had. It was, I didn't buy anything new. I mean, I got rid of more than I got to change the space and it's like life-changing. Right. Isn't that crazy? And sometimes it is editing and yeah, that like multifunctional space. I feel like a lot with, especially with this last, you know, two years, really, we've had to become really creative with our spaces and had, you know, they turn into a gym and they also turn into our living room and they also turn into our kids homeschool space. And every single space is purposeful, but it needs to like be shut down too after a little bit. And I feel like storage supplies And just like you said, systems for each task are really key in that, especially when you're multi-purposing a space. Yeah, definitely. So is there anything else you can think of that I didn't ask that could be helpful for people buying a new home without spending the rest of whatever's available after one of the largest financial decisions of their life? Yeah, I mean, honestly, okay, so my, I would say like my biggest trick and the thing that I love the most because... I feel like I spent so much money getting my house right, getting all the bones right, getting the functionality right, getting the storage right, that at the end of the day, I was like, oh, where's my furniture budget? It doesn't exist. So with this renovation, it's 6,700 square feet. It's a big home. I have a big family. I've got four kids. So this house was like, holy, what are we doing? Like this is, there's so much space and I now have to decorate it. Um, And I was on such a tight budget 
and I live on Facebook Marketplace. I buy all my home staging furniture secondhand. Almost all of it comes. My couches, everything come. Facebook Marketplace, I scroll through that almost daily to find good deals on things. And I feel like, you know, you go to a big box discount retailer like Home Goods or TJ Maxx for your accessories, but really stick to some used pieces that have some functionality and maybe some older pieces that have good bones, are really well constructed, really have like the the elements of something that's unusual that brings a little more character into your space than just going and getting a whole furniture set that's all the same from wherever. You know, so I feel like that is key is trying to diversify and being a little frugal with your with your budget because I feel like a lot of times if I spend too much money on a space, I want it to stay perfect. I want my kids to not mess with it. I don't want that bar stool. That bar stool is an investment. I don't want you to mess around with it. I don't want you to marker on it. And that's just not my reality. Yeah. Try and do things frugally so I'm not too invested into any one piece of furniture. Yeah. It's like, don't even sit on the chair, kids. What's the point? Otherwise, (laughs) put plastic down and call it a day. Yeah. That's really funny. That's really good advice because then also it's kind of nice because then maybe you're meeting some people locally and you're also just helping out your community, which is really cool. Do you ever do anything to those pieces to change them up a bit? Absolutely. That's like kind of was my bread and butter in Phoenix. It was my creative outlet. And when I lived there and I started home staging, I had one little boy and my husband was in residency. So really, really tight budget. And I started recovering furniture, repurposing furniture, paint, sanding it down and painting it. And sometimes I'd resell them on Facebook. Well, back then it was Craigslist and other places, but, um, I had quite a following of just people that would look for my stuff and then they would buy it from me cause I was doing it. So it was, it was pretty fun. That's awesome. I love that. That's like, um, girl boss, but for furniture. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I know that. Oh my goodness. It was on Netflix. Okay. I'll have to yeah. watch. Well, and also I think it's the website or okay. nasty gal. I think it ended up being nasty gal. Um, but yeah, this woman who, you know, started basically taking clothes and changing it a little bit and wow. That's yeah. I need one. I need somebody to do that to my wardrobe. If I could only get <laughs> my style infused in that department, then we'd be good to go. <laughs> Yeah, we can't have it all. I know, right? We can't. My little sister is so good about pulling everything, outfits together, style. And I'm like, I don't even know how you do it. I don't know. But it's also, I think, a learned skill because I did not have this skill. But then I learned, I lived with a couple of girls in college who had better style info and knowledge than I did. And Mm -hmm. so that helped me a little bit. And as time gets, you know, moves on and I get to know myself and what I feel good in a little bit. And then you have those pieces that you really love that you can change things up. I just think it over time, it just, just got to pay a little bit more attention to it, I guess. I mean, I feel like I'm 42. I feel like I should (laughs) put it down, you know, by now, but I haven't figured that part out yet. I'm a busy woman. Maybe that's what I do is hire somebody in that profession that gets my style better than I do. Gets in my head. Yeah. Or just pulls it out of you to help you understand it more. Got it. You got it. (laughs) I love it. I need the home stager of clothing design. There you go. I mean, there's somebody somewhere for everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, where can we find you and how can we support you from over here in Jersey? Yeah. So I am on Instagram at dwell house design and follow along with us. We have a lot of content that's 
universal for all markets. So it doesn't necessarily need to be our little market here in Southern Oregon, but it really does transcend across any market. And then we also are on the web at the same thing, www.dwellhousedesign.com. And we're on Facebook under that and then YouTube channel. And um, I don't think we've made it to TikTok. We're not that cool. And we're definitely not that young. Um, <laughs> let's see what other platforms are we on. And, and of course, you can find us any other any other place that you... Oh, House. We love using House um, and Spoke. Spoke is a design website that hooks you up with a designer that's specific to what you're looking for. And so let's say it's your floor plan like your friend did for you. We can put together a floor plan and a virtual consult from anywhere. So you can be um, you can be anywhere and we can do that. And we've got two designers, interior designers on staff that actually can help with that kind of stuff. We have one of the people that work in Texas for us now. And now we're all figuring out a virtual world. And that's been pretty fun. Incredible. I was wondering if you do that. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun. My sisters, um, two of my sisters are in Utah and we've done consults for them. And then I have another friend that's in another city in Oregon. And it's just been fun to be able to kind of see that really design you can do over the phone and you don't even have to be in person. It can be a tour of your house. No different than we're learning to pivot in all sorts of things in the pandemic. Now interior design can also do that. Amazing. Well, thank you so much again, Becca, for being here. I really appreciate you and your time. Absolutely. I'm excited to be a part of your podcast that we really get so honored for it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too. Welp, that is a wrap, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As always for listening, tuning in, sharing with us your time, your attention, and of course, your ears. This is the last episode with a guest for the year. Becca, thank you so much for being that. You were such a pleasure to have on this show, and I look forward to watching you expand as the years progress. And the next episode is the last for 2021. So wild. This coming February in 2022 will be three years that this podcast has been up and running, and I very much appreciate you guys pivoting with me as our lives have changed these past few years. Your support is eternally appreciated and I cannot imagine a life without this outlet, without these connections, and without you, my listeners. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Next episode is a solo episode, the last one of the year, as it's the last episode of the quarter as well. And I'm going to go over grace and what I feel like I've learned from this word as I've focused on it this entire year and all of the extremes of the word. So I look forward to sharing all of that with you. Thank you. I love you. And that's about it. Actually, the last thing I want to mention is water. This is such a basic need and something that so many of us underestimate. And I highly underestimated water. On December 1st, I really made it a thing for the next 30 days, next 31 days, whatever it is, just to focus on creating a habit of water, drinking water. So I have this water bottle that starts at 8 a.m., goes down to 7 p.m., tells me every hour where I should be. And Monday through Friday, I really make it important to stay on track. Over the weekends, I give myself a little bit of grace. But during the week, it is imperative that I am, if not on the hour, then like chugging the hell out of that thing to catch up. And the energy that I have gained and the momentum 
that usually starts slowing down in December, I think, from what I recall. I don't know. <laughs> it was a long time ago, the last time it came around. But it's so absolutely phenomenal, the energy that I have received from making this a habit and a focus. So I highly recommend it. And hey, guess what? It's free. So that's my suggestion. That's my tip for the second half of this month, for the rest of the year, chug your water, hydrate your body, fill those cells with this magic that exists from the earth and have yourself a merry little Christmas. <laughs> Thank you again for listening as always and ta-ta for now. <laughs>